Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hey, it's Rick from upstairs. Yeah, I take it seriously. When I play R&B at one in the morning, that's me saying, hey, I'm here for you. And I enjoy repetitive bass lines. I only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors. <laughs> nice, right? Yeah, upstairs neighbors help people forget their troubles. Give them something else to focus on. Ooh, want to see how high I can jump? Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor. No, wait, let me try again. But we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Guys, we're back and Kunal, we've had eight days of testing. What do you have for us? Talk well, about. well, McLaren is fast, Ferrari is fast, Toro Rosso is fast, and Mercedes are rumored to be running two different specifications of cars in 2019. That, I think, is the big story of the preseason tests from the season. Yeah, I think that's what you get when there is unlimited spending allowed in Formula One. And it actually feels like an arms race to me about, you know, constantly outspending each other for those fractions of seconds, as they call it. And it's time, Liberty Media, you know, you guys need to put your budget cap talks in action. And I know that, you know, this has been a long time coming and it has to be a phased implementation. But the earlier we start, the better it is. I know, you know, at one end we have Williams and they only just managed to build a car in time for testing. And here, Mercedes may have built two. Well, and in other notes from testing, it was really a case of whose rake is the biggest. And I think Williams definitely had the biggest rake. And clearly it was an attempt from them to claw back on all the lost mileage. Yeah, and in my notes from testing, something I have scribbled is understanding the C-labeled Pirelli tyre compounds. Do you think it's more difficult this season? Yes, that too. And honestly, I've just left my mental calibration regarding the C-labeled Pirelli tyres to each racing weekend. I cannot be deciphering it during pre-season testing. I feel you. Uh, so guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, we're going to talk about Mercedes's two-spec approach for 2019. We also talk about Formula One's attempts to standardize the sport and why it's a catch for all concerned. Should Formula One drivers have coaches as part of their team setup, you know, like professionals in other sports. And finally, we share all the strange reasons countries and their governments are coming up with to not host Formula One races in the future. Right, so before we proceed, guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Audio Boom, and on Google Podcasts for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. And you guys already know where to find us on Facebook. It's the Inside Line F1 Podcast. Come follow us and we promise you laughs every single day. Yes, please do. Uh, so Kunal, Formula One is working to standardize the sport. They issued a tender for a sole supplier of gearboxes. Yes, I said there's a catch and here's where the catch is. You know, And honestly, I must state this on the record. I am all for standardization, especially to keep costs low, but more importantly, to even out the competition. Like... You know, if you see the other junior Formula A, for example, or even Formula E, the competition on track is cutthroat. I mean, imagine such wheel-to-wheel action and drama in the world of Formula 1. So, what's the catch? Here's the catch. That standardization could actually drive away the car manufacturers. 
especially the ones that have worked steam and you know I don't need to name them because there are actually very few of them. <laughs> yeah, and we're too used to seeing Ferrari versus Mercedes, you know, globally known brands going wheel to wheel. So I wonder what it would be like, you know, to see say Racing Point battling Haas for the world championship. That's interesting. Yeah, and mind you, these could still be powered by Mercedes and Ferrari power units. Well, or maybe that's just what Formula 1 has realized that no amount of rule changes is bringing more manufacturers to the sport. So would standardization then be aimed at attracting independent teams? That's a really good point. I think that could be so too. And independent teams would mean more millionaires and actually millionaires is no longer can afford Formula 1, <laughs> but billionaires like Lawrence Stroll, but uh, you know, all jokes aside, Formula 1 needs a healthy mix of the two. the good old car brands as well as ambitious independent formula 1 teams that have the possibility of competing in formula 1 and not just formula 1.5 and formula 1 soon to launch their documentary on netflix uh, this is from the 2018 formula 1 season and guys to be frank and honest i did not like that trailer Kunal, it just seemed like a, a compilation of the best crashes from 2018. I know, and it it seems like such a gross misrepresentation of the season. I mean, at least the trailer was, and you know, we had an epic battle between two great legends and two very famous teams, and I hope they've actually been able to capture the essence of that. I found it hilarious how the makers of the documentary have blamed Ferrari and Mercedes for the lack of cooperation and exposure. I mean, come on guys, these teams were so involved in their world championship fight. Give them a break. Well, but you know, I my mind goes back to Hamilton and Mercedes and their whole gimmick they did with Will Smith. This was at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, wasn't it? And yes, I know you could argue that this was after Hamilton claimed the title. but you know whatever i mean ferrari and mercedes are displaying this modern day rivalry in my view you know where they are friends but they are still arch rivals and i just wish they would have complied because hey it's just a netflix documentary but uh, since you asked if i'm going to see the documentary yes i will see it and i am eager to see what they've put together yeah i think everyone is definitely going to tune in Well, despite knowing who won last season. <laughs> <laughs> so IndyCar said that they're going to be using the AFP or the advanced frontal protection from the season and the AFP is actually not deemed to be as effective as the halo that we have on our Formula 1 cars. And IndyCar will also return to the LED panels on the cars. Uh, they actually attempted to use this for a few races last season and then discontinued it. Guys, these lights indicate whether a driver is using the power boost. the time taken in a pit stop and several other key factors that will improve the visual uh, viewing experience of indycar races and since the indycar uh, racing cars are nearly like 14 seconds slower than formula 1 cars i understand that it would be easy to read these led panels on the cars even at high speed because well it's not formula 1 speed or whatever very funny i'm tempted to laugh but could i let's at least acknowledge that they're attempting some pretty interesting on car innovations that aren't only focused on speed yes and what did formula 1 cars put last ceramic microphones right that's what they did <laughs> but uh, if i remember right anthony hamilton lewis hamilton's father he had recommended something similar for formula 1 to pursue but you know this is formula 1 we don't really pursue something interesting unless other series try it out first so we we have guinea pigs out there <laughs> and we'll see
Okay, so next up on our list to talk about, it's got to be Fernando Alonso. And he is back in Formula 1 as McLaren's ambassador. And he almost tested for McLaren in the second pre-season test. And I cannot believe that he actually had the audacity to claim that he carried his gear to the test but decided against testing as it would be unfair to the team's current drivers. But Kunal, that is Fernando Alonso for you. And I am still betting that he will be back in a Formula 1 car uh, pretty soon actually. And that too at one of the in-season tests that's usually reserved for the junior drivers, yeah, I guess. Yeah, some tyre test or something that he will you know, take part in. And I think McLaren will definitely benefit from it. And uh, since we're talking of Alonso, I'm always tempted to talk next straight about Honda. Uh, they have said that their compa- the compact design of the Red Bull racing car hasn't impacted their power unit's performance. And, you know, now that I think of it, most of the cars this season look so slim and trim at the rear. And Honda also said that exceeding engine parts in 2019 is inevitable. And they're they're mostly targeting using five engines and related number of components as opposed to the mandated three. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction from Red Bull Racing in the first place. You know, give us the grand wheel, take the penalties. (laughs) Yeah, and there are circuits where such penalties don't mean too much for the top three teams. So they'll start at the back and then we'll be subjected to this Verstappen masterclass and suddenly he'll be in, you know, a fighting chance to grab a podium. Well, that is true given, you know, how little competition there is from Formula 1.5 cars to the Formula 1 cars. But uh, Red Bull Racing Jr., also a member of the Formula 1.5 category, Alexander Albon, he has made an impression in the preseason test. He was quick. You know, he was at the sharper end of the table. This actually means nothing, as we all know. But he actually said that a faster lap time is possible for him just by learning to use the steering controls better. And I was in awe when I heard this statement. I mean, could standardized steering wheels be the next chase down for Formula One? Who knows? And I honestly love the steering wheels. I have a mock-up of the Force India steering steering wheel in my house. But, uh, you know, I know that a steering wheel, an actual steering wheel, costs in the region of $30,000. And wow. could this could this be standardized next? Who knows? Yeah, and amid all this, there are drivers like Kimi Raikkonen who end up forgetting their steering wheels with their mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just hoping that Albon is actually luckier than Kivat and even Hartley, given Red Bull's ra- Red Bull Racing's impatience. However, uh, Franz Tost actually admitted that a young driver would require two or th- two to three years to understand and settle down in Formula One. Well, you know, look at Max Verstappen. Red Bull Racing still claim that he's settling down. And they used this excuse last year, uh, you know, when Verstappen had those mischievous performances in the first half of the season. And in fact, for this season, Red Bull Racing have already said that they see a more noticeable change in Max Verstappen and that he feels more mature. I'm wondering if the FI will now come in and take credit uh, that their punishment made Verstappen a changed man or something. (laughs) Well, as funny as it sounds, Verstappen said that he enjoyed his time at the FI events. And this means that he said that he enjoyed being punished. Well, of course, back to drivers requiring more time to settle into Formula 1. We know the curious case of Danny Kivat. 
I literally lost count of the number of times that he's been dropped and then brought back by Mr. Tost himself. Uh, but we know that Marco wouldn't have listened to Tost on this actually. I don't think Helmut Marco listens to anyone on anything. Ever. But mm. yeah. But this is where I would like to quote Sir Jackie Stewart. He said that all drivers young and experienced require coaches and he emphasized on driving as well as mental coaches. I know that we had Grosjean and Charles Leclerc admit on our show last year of their work with sports psychologists and just how it benefited them so much. And then of course Verstappen's public denial. Yes, the other sport I closely follow is tennis and even someone as talented as the goat Roger Federer you know has his coach sitting in his team box during all his matches and I would love to see Formula 1 drivers having similar setups and you know I mean in public you know and the last season specifically showed us that some of the most talented drivers could benefit from external coaching I think the only team setup that the drivers have these days is their physiotherapist and maybe a personal manager you know if you're Lewis Hamilton <laughs> celebrity manager yes and uh, i'm aware that uh, race engineers end up being semi coaches to the drivers or semi coaches to the drivers because they sit together analyze telemetry data work on areas of improvement mistakes you know but what we're talking of is a driver coach who would be involved in that setup as well okay so as we gear up for the 2019 formula 1 season kunal the big question is whether the revised aero changes will work basically will we see more action on track will we will we and we know that the vote is split uh, because most team bosses have been saying that the rule changes were in effect and in fact just cost, cost, cost them a lot of money yes and toro wolf said that these rule changes were to stop mercedes from winning so let's see if that actually happens yeah but kevin magnussen turned around to claim that it was easier to follow cars in the tests and this could actually aid overtaking and there is no better proof of the rules than from the drivers themselves so let's really keep our fingers crossed uh that kevin magnussen actually knows what he's talking about because usually he could turn around as somebody who doesn't but i'm just trying to be a little mean we like the guy but um Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen's manager Martin Rice or Reese uh he is definitely a smart man because he signed up to manage both the Haas drivers from next season and can you imagine one way or the other Rice is going to be in business with Haas in 2020 Oh Kunal I mean I know what you mean but I think it's too early to ask which driver could make way and for who so let's just leave the speculation out of it for later But that's a very good business move. I must admit that. And and you know frankly Magnussen would have thought to himself if Rice could get Haas to re-sign Roman Grosjean after his early season disaster in 2018. That's the man to side with and that's probably why Kevin Magnussen signed up with Mr. Rice. Interesting. Also interesting is that Lewis Hamilton is now 5 kilos heavier than in 2018. Uh, he said he bulked up. It's really good to see drivers make the most of the changes and regulations regarding car and driver weight. Hamilton also said that he had never heard of the triple crown of motorsport till he heard Alonso's decision to pursue it. But of course, you know, given Hamilton's successes in Formula 1, he doesn't need to even bother about the triple crown. Yeah, he can afford to be like snobbish about it. And I'm sure Alonso wouldn't have bothered about the triple crown either if he'd been dominating Formula 1 with Mercedes. Indeed, yes. <laughs> By the way, also speaking of Lewis Hamilton, 
him following Charles Leclerc on Instagram made news a few days ago. Yes, those celebrity portals. I'm sure they would have like made this headline news. But I'll tell you what headline news could actually be. Hamilton's Mercedes following Charles Leclerc's Ferrari in Australia. Because in comparison to Ferrari, Mercedes seem to have had lackluster results in the pre-season tests. But again, this is Mercedes and I'm still in awe of the fact that they're going to have two different car specifications for different types of circuits. And of course, this is rumored, this is not confirmed yet. But the fact that something like this is out there, you know, as they say in Formula 1 or in fact even in life, there's no smoke without fire. Yeah, again, this is what players do in tennis. They have different shoes and rackets for different playing surfaces. I'm so eager to see what Mercedes can make of this. And let me tell you, while it sounds smart, it could actually backfire as well because they would have probably split time between both the concepts. And I don't mean resources, I mean track time. As we know, the four days, the first four days in Barcelona were different and the, the next four days were different. But, uh, and I say this because their rivals would have put all their efforts on just one concept. So there is actually no guarantee that this approach is going to work. Like I said, it's a very smart approach. And, uh, but it, it is important to mention this because of Mercedes's sheer ability and audacity to pursue such an approach. So Robert Kubica said that Williams built their car up five times faster than normal just to make up for all the lost time in the preseason period. Hats off to them. Right, so closing notes. Uh-oh, it's that time of the podcast again. <laughs> yes, the Dutch government has said that they wouldn't fund a Dutch Grand Prix now or in the future. And I think those guys ended up saying that the expense isn't justified. And, you know, I frankly don't think that they've heard of a super brand in Formula 1 by the name of Max Verstappen. Because Verstappen is one of the major reasons why fans around the world are flocking to the circuits. I mean, he has already got grandstands to his name. I know you will say that Lance Stroll has grandstand, a grandstand to his name as well. So it's not that a big deal. But Max Verstappen has grandstands to his name, you know, across <laughs> territories. Yeah, I mean, if only Formula 1 race fees were like airline tickets, you know, dynamic pricing. What I mean is that when Verstappen, the brand, gets bigger, Formula 1 would then wish that they'd ask for a higher fee. If only. Formula 1 just wants to keep waiting for a higher fee. Also, we had news from the Mexican Grand Prix, and it seems that we might lose the uh, Grand Prix to a train track. Uh, so the new government is deciding to cut funding for the Formula 1 race, and they're going to build a train track that will also aid tourism. That is very sad. Yes, but here's my favorite part. The United States Grand Prix might be in trouble because the organizers delayed in filing an anti-human or let me anti-human. <laughs> it's the American Grand Prix. I'm just trying to have slightly American accent. But anyway, anti-human trafficking plan on time. And can you imagine that they delayed a report by over 30 days and they couldn't file it. And that could be the reason why the reimbursement might not come through. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, we've all been in corporate jobs where we've had to file reimbursements on time. And I don't know why the United States Grand Prix organizers couldn't do so. Hey, someone's in trouble. Anyway, finally, the new Formula 3 championship is going to have unlimited DRS. Kunal, talk about spoiling the young drivers already. I mean, whatever happened to all the overtaking, being hard work and all of that, I think here we're just going to breed drivers who will believe that overtaking is their racing right, you know, from the younger years. 
And for all the Pirelli jokes, here's a really touching one. Mario Isola, Pirelli's head of motorsport, is a voluntary ambulance driver in his free time in the city of Milan. And you know, Mithila, it's actually good to see the human side of all the celebrities in the sport that we often keep talking about. And sometimes talking to, you know, when we have the privilege. Yes. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We were waiting till the preseason tests ended before we, you know, recorded and published this episode. But we will be back mid-next week. We're going to have a few days gap, but we will be back mid-next week. Thank you so much and we will see you then. Adios. Adios.